So as some of you are aware, um, I have chosen to kind of reflect on the Brahma Viharas this month and want to reflect a little with you this evening uh, on, on them and particularly on compassion and particularly in relation to one aspect of our, of our life uh, of what what we meet in our life, and um, this concerns the the earth and the uh, the difficulties, yeah, of the earth, earth distress, and um, yeah, I'm. But yeah, some some reservations. But thought, no, have courage. It's so invite you again, as always, to to listen in that open, grounded way, whereby you can allow the f- reflections to you know just arise and see what happens, see what responses there are. Um, So, um, you may not know, but this this week is Earth Care Week, so designated by a group of um, teachers in this tradition who got together at some point, and uh, one of the things that came out of it was this organization called One Earth Sangha, which some of you may be aware of. And so, in this this week... um, I've done this before in October, just to take the opportunity to speak about uh, planetary plight and to just make space for reflecting on that um, and, yeah, very much connecting it in our practice here with the practice of the four Brahma-viharas as a way, as a framework, or a way, some ways of, of really supporting our um, opening to, uh, yeah, the various kinds of, of difficulty um, arising in the natural world. Yeah, whatever our sense or knowledge of that is. And I, so this week, so I wanted to share with you this little piece from the One Earth Sangha about this this week that we're participating in through my bringing this theme in this way. Every fall for the first Sunday to Sunday in October, we encourage all meditation centers, leaders and practitioners to turn the light of the Dharma towards the ecological crisis crises we all face. With its commitment to non-judgmental awareness, the Dharma can help us understand how we got to this place of endangering our shared mother, our nature family, already marginalized communities on the front lines of climate change, future generations, and our home 
In addition, the Dharma can help us uh, work skillfully with the myriad emotional challenges we face in coming to terms with this condition. And finally, from a place of authentic connection, the Dharma can help us to bring forward a robust, compassionate, courageous response. And so, just um, that sense of some gathering together, both here this evening and perhaps many people, different parts of the country, the world, in different ways perhaps to can uh, bring some light to to this uh, predicament we're in and really find out for ourselves individually and collectively how we can uh, respond in a wise, compassionate way. Um, and I just wanted to name um, some of the teachers in, in, in this tradition who have spoken very, I've listened to many of them, on this theme, and they may be speaking about it this week in various places. I just want to name them. It's kind of just that sense of the larger community that we're part of. So you might know some of these people or have heard them speak, or yeah. So our 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 friends and and mentors, perhaps in different ways on this path, and in this case specifically on these issues. So James Baraz, Tara Brach, Catherine McGee, Aya Santachita, Mark Coleman, Rob Babea, Aya Ananda Bodhi, Chaz Di Capua, Bob Doppelt, Tanisara, Sayadaw Uvivikananda, Donald Rothberg, David Loy, and Joanna Macy. So I thought we could um, begin or go on by maybe just um, bringing in each of the Brahma Viharas and just briefly kind of reflecting or contemplating our relationship to the planet, to this earth. And in, perhaps to begin with metta, the sense of contemplating or questioning or inquiring you know is our what's our relationship to the earth is it friendly yeah. where do we where do we feel or find or realize a sense of friendship with the earth yeah. so when i when i ponder that question i different Maybe different images, you know, different experiences you have. Maybe um, in the garden or canoeing or different things. Maybe from today here come to mind. A moment of feeling the cool air on the skin. Or feeling the, the gravel under the feet. And 
you know, just in maybe in a simple way, I wonder if you have experienced the friendship of the earth today. And this sense perhaps that in a place like this, in the woods, in nature, we're relatively quiet and and unoccupied at least on some levels. (laughs) This beautiful way that so much for people is like the so much of what so many of us appreciate here is the opportunity to kind of be you know it's like oh kind of to be in nature, to to feel more a sense of our kinship with all all things, with all life, with the rocks, with the animals, with the trees, with the plants. I think this is something very, it's a real need in us somehow, very part of what's so nourishing, I think, about being somewhere like this. So just that sense of appreciation for the opportunity here to perhaps nourish a sense of friendship with the earth and contemplating its beauty and its how 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 much everything we are or have on a material level comes from the earth yeah so yeah sense of friendship you know give and take it's like so sense of how can we you know how can we show our friendship to the earth to its creatures it's uh yeah. I know when I've been contemplating these themes this week, different feelings, so I really encourage you as I go through the talk just to be very aware of the thoughts and feelings, uh, different things that might arise as we go, as we go through, as we touch on this theme this, in this way. This, um, yeah, particularly important, I think, when contemplating something that can feel difficult. But by focusing on the Brahma Viharas, I hope you can already get a sense that actually, yeah, we can also we can also uh, support ourselves in in meeting the challenges of life, this and other related or yeah related challenges. I mean, the Brahma Viharas as attitudes, as states of mind, as intentionalities. I just, yeah, I feel they're so, so helpful to really bring them in and use them and cultivate them uh, to support us, you know, in 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 uh, yeah, what, whatever whatever we're encountering in our life, really. So, um, secondly. Not quite going through the Brahmaviharas in order, but and again, I know this happens for people here. It happens to me too. Um, the sense of wonder and awe at the beauty, the beauty of a leaf. I know, just, just the, the wonder of just noticing the reflection of the clouds and the sky in a puddle. These small noticings of a scurrying animal and 
just how beautiful sense of celebration of 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 gratitude and and again i think because maybe we have time we can sit outside and walk outside and and just how important that is for us as human beings you know whether we're facing the difficulty of of the ecological crisis or really any anything how important joy and appreciation and wonder and gratitude is again the way the different brahma viharas sort of balance and support each other so um i want to share actually a poem that um was given to me today which is just perfectly appropriate um with a leaf with a leaf beautiful well yeah as somebody else was pointing out to me they're all beautiful in different ways yeah. gosh it's amazing with the light shining behind it i can see the you know the veins of the leaf amazing pattern a wonder of nature right here. I remember in one of my very earliest retreats, if not the first one, um, having been, well, anyway, you know, where you just come to the Dharma, you come to retreat and wonder strikes, you know. You stop rushing around being incredibly busy doing 59 different very important things. And you lying, I'm lying under a bush looking looking up through the leaves and the sun shining through the leaf and just like like I had never seen such a thing before. So this is the short poem. Celebration. Sideways leaf flying floats on muddied puddle canoe light Emptiness. And I'd also like to share one of my favorite poems about expressive of awe and wonder um, by E. E. Cummings. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a true blue dream of sky and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died and am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday, this is the birth of life and love and wings, and of the gay, great, happening, illimitably, earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any, lifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being, doubt unimaginably, you. Now the ears of my ears awake, Now the eyes of my eyes are opened.
so um, just touching on compassion coming back to that as well but so what is it to really care to care for the earth to the wish to protect to alleviate harm distress it's, uh, again that natural arising when there's care and then there's a sense of pain or distress and natural reaching out to help And how this, um, this, this movement of care and compassion is so much um, a result of, or uh, you say, supported by wisdom, yeah, by right view, by seeing clearly. I think this is, yeah, this is where this um, the, the, the aspect of the practice to look you know to see to to acknowledge the truth of things of, of what's happening that honesty that c- capacity to also see through what gets in the way of again a natural caring a natural responsiveness yeah sort of what gets in the way of that Um, so I wanted to share another beautiful teaching from Albert Einstein with regard to this a human being is part of the whole called by us universe a part limited in time and space they experience themselves their thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest a kind of optical illusion of their consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to it to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. something there about isn't there the the sort of very sort of um, relationship uh, codependent arising maybe between compassion and wisdom a sense of the the heart opening in in compassion is also a movement of wisdom a movement of understanding non-separation understanding cause and effect interconnectedness yeah that that then 
in its turn, the realization of that um, really supports the growth of the compassion. And so I find that very, very, yeah, one, one way of, of maybe um, seeing how maybe you notice this in yourself or in others when when compassion is happening is that just it's like in in its in its clearest purest form that there's no sense of me and you and i'm doing this it's just a response i just okay there's this and there's a response and it's yeah and again when the wisdom is available and it's appropriate be appropriate. So, maybe again, what we're focusing a little on the on the planet and the planetary distress, but we can see how so much of our our retreat, you know, times meeting our own difficulty, painfulness, you know, distress sort of large and small and how much how much that is a training ground for compassion how much that is um, every moment as I was sharing yesterday morning that sense of every time we manage to meet what's happening with some steadiness non-reactivity non-grasping that is actually the cultivation of compassion so that then yeah, when we leave retreat and we are, we're really strengthened and empowered in that sense of being able to meet distress of others and distress in more, yeah, um, other other forms, um, political, structural, ecological. Because you know, again, there's this, as you all know this very well, and very can be so subtle sense of how much when something feels difficult or unpleasant there's this natural turning away and I really noticed that in myself and sort of trying to contemplate this week this this these these themes a sort of sense oh no you know it's too painful or difficult or I don't know what to say and I don't want to upset the yogis you know or <laughs> all these different kinds of forms of aversion and it's like okay you know Right, you know, just steady, steady. That's all right. That doesn't. Those reactivities don't have to uh, stop or you know not happen. But they also don't have to direct the show. Right? They don't have to dominate or they don't have to determine the actions. And I, I think that's something I appreciate very, very much in the work of Joanna Macy, a wonderful book called Active Hope, which I don't have anymore. I think I gave it to somebody, but really recommend. And one of the things she stresses in that of, is of the importance of the work we can do individually, but also together with others to um, uh, allow, to, to um, open to the different feelings and thoughts and emotions and that is very, very normal, very typical, very, very, you know, 
uh, understandable for a human being in the face of, of something difficult. So I found that incredibly important and helpful. And um, I, I heard recently somebody who had talked to Joanna Macy fairly recently and sort of asked her something about, you know, what did she see as sort of the main barrier or obstacle to the, you know, people waking up and, and responding. And she said Num- numbness. It's just, we're numb. Now we, I think that's, you know, such, a, again, a very human coping mechanism, isn't it, in the face of what can feel overwhelming. So, so being able to turn towards, to name concerns and feelings, and again, maybe sometimes this is so helpfully done with others, but again, it's maybe something we can strengthen our capacity on retreat to find the resources uh, more within our own hearts, feel and find our own strength and our own confidence in in the face of what is difficult. You know, again, that the ground of equanimity, the commitment to kindness in relationship to our own experience and the willingness also to let the compassion embrace our own fears and doubts, our own, you know, unwillingness and confusion and all the rest of it. So I'm going to share with you a passage from Tanissa's book, um, Time to Stand Up, which goes into these issues in, in a lot more depth. And I, I won't read, uh, well, I'll read some, but it's, I find it very difficult to read, uh, difficult to hear, difficult to bear. I can feel the arising of, of dukkha, maybe the craving that I wish this was not so, deeply, deeply wish this was not so. Um, so I just invite you, I'm just going to read a little bit on her, her, a little bit of where she describes the plight of the earth and just again I invite us all to find our steadiness and our ground and our yeah use all that to receive and hear and yet not be hmm it's like allowing oneself to be touched and disturbed isn't it not 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 to not to um, make the mistake of of that kind of numbing, hiding, you know, indifference. Oh, I don't really, you know, distancing. As the kind of equanimity which is not indifference, is it? It's 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 still very much in touch, but it's like um, steadiness. Or I, I love this image from Shantideva of walking evenly on uneven ground. You know like out here a lot the way you just <laughs> if you're not careful like because every step is slightly different isn't it there's a pebble here and a rock there and a crevasse here and you know if you so really is that sense of walking evenly it is perfectly possible to walk quite evenly isn't it if you just allow your body your legs and your feet to find a way with the changing conditions and I think that that is an incredibly helpful image for perhaps meeting anything in our lives that feels challenging. So I'll just 
read you a bit of this and I will put it in the library so if you want to read more you can. The Earth's ecosystems are dying. Her oceans are acidifying. Her fresh waters are drying up. Her forests are being clear cut. Her species are fast becoming extinct and her ice caps are melting. All of this is due to a release of carbon buried above and below the ground due to human activity, including modern day livestock practices. Life on Earth is possible due to a viable biosphere that depends on the ability of plants and trees to photosynthesize the carbon we produce. With every exhalation, we produce carbon dioxide, which is then absorbed by plants, trees and forests. They in turn process carbon to produce life-giving oxygen. However, as we pour massive amounts of carbon into our fragile atmosphere, and as we clear-cut and burn gigantic tracts of rainforest, which are the lungs and carbon sinkholes of our planet, the delicate balance needed to sustain a livable atmosphere is increasingly impossible to maintain. So what happens when you hear that? I mean, maybe nothing. Maybe something. Don't block it, whatever it is. Don't judge it. Everything is workable. The grief, the fear, anger. Don't we have this amazing capacity and this amazing practice that strengthens our capacity to feel feelings? Just know it's just that. sometimes we avoid you know difficulty or even something in our own personal life you know something we really need to take care of and we avoid it because we don't want to feel the feelings the emotions the mind states right and then have you had maybe you've had those experiences in your life you know where something happens and the carpet's pulled out from underneath you and you're really really frightened and or really, really angry or something, and you you had that experience of, oh, it's actually possible to be with this. It's actually possible to, wow, you know, there's our practice, awareness, the steadiness, the wisdom to, so that these energy, this, this energy of feeling, of emotion, of, of the passion, you could say, of a human being can be, can be, channeled can be taken care of and can be actually transmuted or channeled or released I think this is 
you know, obviously this has huge importance, not just for our personal healing, but for our our capacity to be creatively, compassionately engaged with communities, with the ecological issues, with other issues, in, in a way where it's not just, you know... Um, draining or, or, or kind of, you know, just adding more suffering that's actually so potentially liberating, really, you know, calling us maybe into ways of being and doing and serving and, and so on, which, which actually can break through some of our images of ourselves, of what I can and can't do, what I'm capable of, what my life is for, what it isn't, you know. And I think that this is one of the great gifts to 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 Dharma practice, to the process of awakening of of right action, is that it it again when it's that motivation of compassion of care, it it can it can take us through. Do you know what I mean? Some of those boundaries, some of those almost invisible walls of no, I don't do that. I don't, you know, that's too, whatever, fill in the dots. Uh, and so again, the way that action can maybe help to open our hearts. I think that, I don't know about you, but I was very true for me. In my younger years, when I was lucky enough to fall into a Quaker situations, a religious society of friends, which was um, a community that was just, you know, it was like, all kinds of being active in the world and uh, trying to engage with with issues of injustice and and other things was just part of the thing. You know, that's kind of what you did. (laughs) I'm so grateful for that. So grateful that, that, again, that that importance of of who we're with, of, of, of... of of doing things together and and you know it's like as a young person I did that because that was what they were doing and so the the power of of doing being part of intentional communities so what encourages and empowers us what can we you know again so much of our practice maybe we we feel you know, there's an interest in, and it's different. I know for different people, maybe our different sort of kinds of, of a way we express our motivation, the wish to be of service, the wish to be free, the, the, the wish to share, the wish to heal the world, or, yeah, at least the different ways that that can manifest. And I think that one of the... Um, it feels... It comes up so much in the way when I'm talking with people how we we have particular rather limiting views that maybe we've we've absorbed from other people about what our practice should look like. I mean, probably we all go through this on a regular basis, and then coming back to oh, you know, this is how it's evolving. This is how it's flowering. This being, you know, can we allow that that it's going to look and feel different? for different beings. It doesn't have to look the same way. And probably and probably it doesn't have to look the way we think it should look. 
So again, they helpful to identify maybe some of those ways it should look. And it's it feels so relevant to this sense of opening to the um the plight of the earth and that it doesn't that that if we if we if we're willing to really listen and um yeah give some care some reflection to this that begin to maybe see and feel more how i i can you know how each of us can participate what what actually we are uh, you know called to do or moved to do right rather than coming from that oh i should and they say i should and oh dear i feel so guilty if i don't there's something like being in touch with our deeper sense of care which i think you know is obviously part of what the brahma vihara is what that's all about it's trying to allow the mind to be more uh yeah to be more in touch with these these qualities these these um attitudes these ways of relating to life right so then whether it's ourself or other people or the earth it's like then the a- the action the action will come from that so it's a, yet again this comes back doesn't it to a uh, sort of opening our hearts to our life and just again and again seeing how the appropriate response comes from that and how are we doing yeah i i'm getting towards the end of these but i'd like to share something i i shared in the hall before and again it's it's in honor of my quaker background and it's um um about um Jay O'Hara and Ken Ward who were Quakers who blockaded a coal ship bound for Brayton Point power station which is a, I think the biggest coal fire coal fired power station on the east coast or it was and they were at a trial they were brought to trial for it but all the charges were dropped because the DA DA Sutter said that their actions were reasonably reflective of a broader danger that of climate change so i just want to read you a little bit of what jay said about what what he did the lobster boat blockade i did with ken was part of what i consider my friend's ministry that's quaker um an expression of faith in action by taking the first step of putting oneself in a position to observe the injury as it is being done and i consider burning coal given everything we know to be among the most terrible actions possible we do what is called bearing witness in the friends tradition when we do that miraculous unexpected things happen so we might not all go out in a lobster boat and i don't think we have to you know but just i love that sense of him the way he's speaking about um an expression of faith 
it's an expression of faith. I think that could be something to ponder in our, if we're more of the Buddhist inclination, to, to, as we're here on retreat, but perhaps particularly in our lives, it's like, what is the, what is the expression of faith? You know, how can sort of allow that to, to flower in our life in different ways, either in relation to um, the planet and and other ways too. So, um, yes, much else could be said, <laughs> but I would like to. Um, close these reflections by sharing a chant with you which um, I don't know if anybody's been here when I've, I've shared it sometimes it's a chant that I made up it's a variation on the Kuan Yin chant which is in the back of Tanisha's book so you can if you want to know more about this practice then you can you can read about it she talks about it more um, but what it is, it's it's a way, a simple way to maybe connect with, express uh, um, the wish to open to the heart of compassion, to the mind of compassion. And that which is embodied in the Kuan Yin figure just outside the hall as an example of an embodiment of compassion and how we ourselves can be that embodiment and beyond all the confines of of self and I and any ideas limiting ideas of me and mine and what we can and can't be it's beyond all that this boundless limitless measureless, compassionate heart that we can learn to turn towards and to um, open to for our own benefit and the benefit of all beings. So see if I can, (laughs) see if I can do this. Done it for a little while, so feel free to join in if you want to, but also feel really free not to. It's fine if you just just listen. I'm gonna turn this off. I don't want to blast you.
resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. Okay, one more. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply 
to the sounds of the world. May our practice strengthen our capacity to live with joy, live with peace, and live with courage. So thank you for your kind attention. Let's close our evening together by chanting the reflection on the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.